one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist lester roloff on the family altar program for all is changed when jesus comes to stay I'm preaching tonight on what's wrong with the people of this generation. What, where's the diagnostic center? Uh, let's get right down to the root, absolutely the root. Turn with me, please, uh, to the book of uh, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And uh, verse 12, where'd sin come from? And you know what's wrong, don't you? Nothing but sin. That's all that's wrong with the people. And uh, we call it split personalities and dual personalities, and they got all sorts of big names that didn't have when I was coming up. But back in our day, the old preacher diagnosed the case on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and revival night, and brush arbor meeting, and tabernacle meeting. He said, the only thing I can find wrong with you folks is the devil, just sin. You know, he was right about 11 tenths of the time. That's right. And so 5 in verse 12 said, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin and so death passed upon all men, for that all of sin. What about a man? It's taking dope. It's death. Death while he lives. I don't know why anybody couldn't see. Young people say, I sure want to live it up. Well, all right, stay off of dope. Dope kills you. It depresses you. It deadens you. You, you, think, what, what, you think we'd ever got that bunch of dope heads last night when we first came? You think we'd got them to play basketball? They wouldn't have known the basketball from the goal. I know what I'm talking about. We had boys out there playing last night when they came in, and you boys remember when they came in. I mean, they were crazy. They just now cleared up, and they're happy, and everything getting along fine. You see, the wages of sin is death. Nobody lives in sin. They die in sin. I mean, sin is the killer. Sin is the one killer. Now let's bow our heads and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we must have thy help. There are desperate souls here tonight. I mean souls that are hanging in the balance. And I pray in Jesus' name, you bless every dad and every mother. And Father, bless the young people. And Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that you won't let anybody get away tonight empty and uh, without hope and help and holiness in the Lord. Father, I know there's enough grace to go around to everybody here tonight. And I just praise thee that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, we find out that sin came by one man. Sin entered into the world and death by sin. Now, let me give you another thought. Uh, find over in the book of Daniel, if you will. Turn to the book of Daniel for just a moment. We've got uh, twin scriptures here, and you'll mark both of them. That's why you know all the girls and all the people Learn to mark your Bible so that you can recognize it real quickly and remember the last time uh, that you uh, uh, went over it. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25. Verse 25. He shall speak great words against the Most High 
and shall wear out the same. You know, I've just about reached the conclusion that one of the devil's favorite tricks is wearing out the things. Now, of course, the sinner's already worn out. I mean, they stay wore out all the time. Oh, it, it, listen, you talk about being defeated and tired and lonely. The devil wears his, but the devil comes along and said, I'd like to wear out the saints. And notice what he does. He shall speak great words against the most high. That sounds sort of like our battle here, doesn't it? They speak against God. They said that we were ruining the minds of boys and girls because we gave them too much Bible. I mean, we just had too much Bible out here, you know. We had too much preaching. And they even had to listen to radio programs. No, that's too much Bible. It's going to drive them crazy. Well, we'll find out more about that a little later. Shout, wear out the saints of the most high. And notice something else. And think to change the times and the laws. Isn't that it? Why, we're not satisfied with the Constitution. We're going to change it. We're going to change the laws. Used to be that uh, the father and the mother had complete charge of the children. Not anymore. They got some laws now and making more all the time. You know who ought to take care of the children? Mother and daddy. And I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to demand that our boys and girls respect their parents. And if you want to get in trouble with me real quick, you just disrespect your mother and dad. And I'll tell you, you've got me on your hands. I believe we, and, and that, I want to say something else, and this is where the mother and daddy come in. We need mothers and daddies that will be respectable people. If they'd be godly people and live for the Lord. Now then, turn to the book of Hebrews, and I'm going to give you the same verse, same chapter, uh, just a different book, same chapter, same verse. Hebrews chapter 7, and it'll be verse uh, 25. 7 and verse 25. Wherefore, he is able. He's able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now, you know what that means? That means that he's able to keep you because he's alive. A dead God couldn't keep anything. He said he's, he ever liveth, ever liveth, ever liveth to make intercession. In other words, he's in his intercessory prayer ministry right now, and he's praying for you and for me and whatever he prays for. I do not believe that Jesus, ever prayed one prayer that will not or has not been answered. If he did, he prayed outside the will of God. If he prayed outside the will of God, he sinned. If he sinned, he's not fit to be my Savior. But I'm glad we can take those ifs out. He is perfect. Now, he said, I pray not only for these, but for all those that shall believe on my name that will come along after He's already prayed for me to be kept. I'm going to be kept. God said I'm going to keep you because my son has prayed for you. Now then, would you turn to the book of Lamentations and let me give you something uh, that will make it a little more interesting for you. Uh, have you ever heard the question raised, can a man die before his time? I mean, will everybody, I mean, no matter what you do, have you ever heard anybody say, oh, I don't care, it makes any difference what I do. I've, I've got so long to live. And I'm just going to live that long anyhow. I'm, and I'm not going to die before my time. And uh, maybe you're not as tripped as you think you are, buddy. Let me give it to you. Found in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes. He said, why? He said, be not uh, Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 17. He said, be not overmuch wicked. What's the penalty? Be not overmuch wicked. You know what that means? Just don't be so sinful, he said. Be not old. And notice, he said, neither be thou foolish 
And then the question, why die before your time? Be not overmuch wicked, neither be thou foolish. That's 7 and 17. Why shouldst thou die before thy time? What's the conclusion? Simply this. If you're overmuch wicked, you're not going to live out your days. What about a dope head? The average life for a dope addict, they tell me, is 35 years. And most of them don't live 35. I mean, they say maybe the average, but did you know that more teenagers die because of dope tonight than any other, than have ever been killed in Vietnam? Did you know that? Did you know that there'll be a many a young person in their teens die tonight of an old age? I mean, just an overdose of dope? That's death. That's death. Did you know that in one county in the Miami area, the report is that one teenager dies every 30 days of old days? That's what the newspaper says, and the report came to me. Isn't that, isn't that terrible? I mean, at least they count 12 a year that die, and yet very little is being done. They got these drug abuse centers, and they're just a bunch of abuse. I mean, I wouldn't give you a dime for every one of them put together because they use psychiatry and tranquilizers and other forms of dope, but they never tell them about Jesus. I don't know why you can't realize that shooting dope and taking dope and drinking liquor and smoking cigarettes, that's sin. Well, if it's sin, you've got to go to the Savior to get rid of your sin. Man can't do it. And so he said, be not overmuch wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldst thou die before thy time? Turn to Psalm 109. I'll give an illustration in a moment about it, but 109. Psalm 109, and it's verse 9 and 10. Let his children be fatherless, his wife a widow. Let his children be continually vagabonds and beg. That's this generation. We've got a generation of vagabond children. And beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. That's where they are. You know, when I read that today, what I thought of, time Ms. Roloff and I went to Hawaii to preach a week, I saw a generation of American vagabond children on the beaches everywhere. Their mothers and dads had shipped them out of this country, and they'd shipped them so far from Los Angeles or the states that they couldn't get back unless they had an extra amount of money, and their mother and daddy would not send it to them. They'd send them just enough money to live on at least for a few days and so uh, those young people are over there you know why and they i now know i found out businessmen bankers they're ashamed of their children shame the way they look shame the way they drag around just a bunch of hippies and dirty and filthy and they hurt their business and they said we'll ship you to where you and they said sure we'd like to go because there'd be a lot of young people there be a lot of dope there and so they go over there and you'll see them lining up lining up at the post office the first of the month to get their check for another month. Young people, you know what they are? They're vagabonds. Vagabonds. I mean, mother and daddy doesn't want them. Ten folks don't want them. Nobody else wants them, and there they are. What future have they got? None. None. Vagabonds. And God said, and I believe this, we've got, you have, in order to have a generation of vagabond children, You've got to have a generation of vagabond parents. And so the parents turned out to be vagabonds and ne'er-do-wells. And when I say ne'er-do-well, I mean they just don't do well. 
I mean, they don't uh, live for Jesus, and if you don't live for him, you're certainly not doing well. Now then, where does all this trouble start? Turn to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. Now, this is a verse everybody must memorize. He's talking about my main trouble tonight, not head trouble. Uh, it's uh, chapter 17, verse 9. You got, it, got your pencil, mark it. The heart is deceitful above all things. Take first place in deceit. Desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, I can answer that, the Lord. There's not a soul in this building that knows my heart except the Lord. I don't know it. I don't know. I think I know a little about it. I don't know my own heart. But he said, it's deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Now then, turn to John chapter 8, and then we're going to give you seven illustrations as quickly as as we can. John chapter 8 and verse 34. How much fun I'm going to ask tonight. How much fun is sin? I hear people, but that's a lot of fun to live like this. A lot of fun to be in sin. John chapter 8, verse 34. Jesus answered them, Very, very, I say unto you, whosoever committed sin, is the servant of sin, the slave of sin. That's what it means. The servant of sin. If you commit sin, you belong to the devil. You're his slave. Sin slaves. Chains of sin. Verse 35, And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free. Indeed. Now I want to ask the question and answer. Follow me closely. Did sin start out funny? Has, ever, has there ever been one person that won in the game of sin? Could you just show me one? I mean, could you go back and start where sin started? And then could you just pick out one man and say, now here's one man, Brother Wolf, right here. And if that one man succeeded in sin, then I can. I've got, I'll admit that you've got the same chance that that man had if he succeeded in sin. But you'll never convince me that there's ever been one man that beat the sin game. Never has been. There never has been. Now, I'm going to just start where sin started. I'm going to start with the best people that ever lived. People that were completely innocent, had no sin, never done anything wrong, and they lived in the perfect place, had a beautiful environment, and, and there wasn't anything there that would mar and uh, they didn't have any uh, problems uh, that I know anything about. Their names were Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. I mean, they lived in the perfect environment. They didn't have any, anything but innocence. And so uh, then here came the devil. Here came the devil. Now you'd say, well, I just believe that's a fairy tale. Well, if it is, uh, life now is a fairy tale, but I think it's a nightmare as a result of what happened to Adam and Eve. And so Adam and Eve yielded by one man's sin entered into the world. Have you ever noticed that God blamed the man, not the woman? Hmm? I believe it ought to be that way now. I believe the man, and I believe every woman, ought to be in complete spiritual subjection to a man that's in subjection to the Word of God. Now, I don't believe, I don't care that far enough to say that uh, a woman needs to be in subjection to a drunkard husband. He wants to drag her off in sin. I tell you, I don't believe she needs to go that far. No, sir. I don't believe little children 
ought to have their lives run by a drunkard husband. I really don't. And I believe that, but I do believe that a godly man ought to have complete control of the wife and the children and do what's best for them. And I believe that he will if he's the right kind of a Christian. Adam and Eve, what happened to them? They were dropouts, weren't they? After sin came. The thing it ruined. And they got dropped out of the garden. They were in the school uh, of, e of Eden, and they had a beautiful place. I think it's the most beautiful place ever made, and I think they're the most beautiful people that ever lived. I think Adam was the most perfect man because God made him, and it wasn't in sin. I think Eve was the most beautiful woman that ever lived in the history of the world uh, because God made her, and it wasn't in sin. i tell you what makes people ugly. It's not uh, having enough money to go to beauty parlor. Uh-uh. i tell you what makes women ugly, and that's the devil in sin. Boy, you look at these modern women today. I was talking to a friend of mine no, I, I can't believe this yet. One of the most beautiful ladies I've ever known, one of the greatest Christians I've ever known, one of the most lovable people, one of the greatest business women that ever lived, one of the greatest mothers that ever lived, I mean, in the world. And yet tonight she's swollen because of her dope and sin. She's had operations on her face to get it fixed and all that kind of stuff, you see, and spent thousands and thousands, and yet she's in the end-time decay of her own body tonight. I still have a hard time adjusting to the fact that people like that uh, could be given up to a reprobate mind. People that seem like had such future and such possibilities, and yet everything in connection with that home has gone down and gone to the bad, every bit of it. Children, everything's gone tonight. Money's gone. Character's gone, life's gone, health's gone, joy's gone, peace gone, everything. And yet I used to visit them and pray with them and talk to them. And I tell you, it ought to scare the daylights out of us when we start drifting away from the Word of God. I've gone in that home, and that precious, that precious Christian would say, you're going to read the Bible to me now? I said, yes, and pray, yes, and you're going to spend the time in our home, and we're going to go to church with you, and we're going to, and, oh, listen, what they could have been for God. But when they lost out in sin, they lost everything they've got, everything. They're nothing but a couple of three or four old empty shells tonight, rotten to the core. And that's what sin did. That's what sin did. I tell you, I've seen enough of it. I don't believe I'd ever want to drift off in sin. Adam and Eve. Now then, don't you know something else? Adam and Eve had two sons. They had two sons. Uh, Cain and Abel. Now then, I want to show you. They're the first children that were ever born in the world. See, Adam and Eve were not born. They were made. Now, Cain and Abel are two fine little old boys. Brothers. And you'd think, well, my, listen, there's only four people in the world. I mean, there's four people in the world. And there they are. And, uh, uh, they just seem like ought to be a very happy family. They got two boys. They don't have any girls, but they got two boys, Cain and Abel. And uh, everything's going to go along fine. And they all went to worship God. And they all took an offering with them. And uh, Cain took the first fruits of the ground. Abel took, uh, by faith, a blood offering. And the difference was the faith. When he went by faith, he offered what God told him to offer because he's obedient, you see. So when they came back from worship, uh, the one that offered uh, uh, the first fruits of the ground, he was out of sorts. In fact, he was mad. 
Oh, brother, was he mad, see? He was disobedient even when he went to worship God. Have you ever thought about uh, why some of you leave glad and some sad and some mad? And that's right, everybody leaves tonight either sad, mad, or glad. Everybody. I'd just like to be on the glad team. And, uh, but he came home. He's sad, mad, and, and Abel's glad. And he's having a good time. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that Cain slew his own brother. He killed him. Did you know what the first death was about? Religion. Religion has always persecuted and prosecuted God's people. We're going through the same thing now. Same principle exactly. When, why, listen, uh, Abel didn't bother Cain. I mean, Abel didn't come home and said, okay, buddy, I guess you know that you were not received and accepted before the Lord. I was. And I want you to know that I'm, oh, no. It was old Cain that came. Probably said, well, I guess you think you're better than I am. Went up there with your blood offering. But I tell you, you ought to have just observed all the beautiful things I put together and took up there myself. I grew what I took. And I decorated and fixed it and tied a ribbon around it. And, and I don't know what's wrong with God. It looked to me like he'd have been glad to get it. Yeah. But I tell you one thing. Cain killed his brother. Are you listening? I'm talking about the number one vagabond. I'm talking about the first vagabond that ever lived. Did you know that Adam and Eve started a sewing circle, didn't they? You remember when they didn't have clothes to cover them, they took some little old fig leaf aprons? Not like a lot of people wear today. Just aprons. People wonder why. Well, brother, if it didn't please God, it ought not please me. I don't know why girls and women think they can wear prostitute clothes and expect God to bless them. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff. You may listen to the preaching and the special music of the Family Altar Program 24 hours a day when you visit our ministry website, roloff.org. We love hearing from our listeners. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please write to us at Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. Again, that's Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. This broadcast is made possible by the prayers and financial support of listeners like you. Thank you for partnering with us, and remember that Christ is the answer.